This sermon was recorded at the Church of Christ, Wheeler area, located at 1500 South Allen L. Bean Boulevard in Wheeler, Texas. Our regular meeting times are at 10.30 a.m. and 2.30 p.m. each Sunday. Come join us as we seek to worship God in spirit and in truth. This afternoon, I'm not going to necessarily tell you anything that you, you don't already know. Uh, we're going to just kind of briefly go over some, some things. The ingredients to a truly biblical worship service. So it's going to be more of why we have our services the way that we have them kind of deal. So like I said, it's nothing that you haven't heard before, but maybe a little bit of a refresher and maybe something that, that some people here uh, haven't heard as much of. Maybe some of the younger, younger ones don't know exactly why we do the services the way that we do them. And I think that this may help with that. It's, it's not exhaustive, uh, but it does uh, point out how we're supposed to have our services. As humans, we're, ex- we're instinctively worshiping creatures. We want to worship. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean that everybody worships, worships God. Some people worship you know, Buddha. Or they worship their work or whatever it is that they spend more time on can be something that they worshiped. The psalmist, David, expressed this when he wrote, As the heart panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. The word heart here means stag or deer. Something that I found interesting is what Albert Barnes wrote in his commentary. And he he wrote this. He wrote, The word rendered in the text panteth and in the margin brayeth occurs only in this place and in Joel 1.20, where it is applied to the beasts of the field as crying to God in a time of drought. The word properly means to rise, to ascend, and then to look up toward anything, to long for. It refers here to the intense desire of the hind in the heat of the day for water, or in Joel to the desire of the cattle for water in a time of drought. Neither the idea of panting nor braying seems to be in the original word. It is the idea of looking for, longing for, desiring that is expressed here. So David's saying that his soul longs for God. It's just like the song that we sing, you know, as the deer panteth for the water. Um, Cicero in the first century B.C. observed that religion, regardless of its form, was a universal trait of man. So seeing as how people are going to worship something or someone, then we should ask, what is worship? Who and how shall we worship? What constitutes the biblical worship service? And most importantly, we will, be, will we be true worshipers or false worshipers? In John chapter 4, verse 23 through 24, Christ commanded that true worshipers worship in spirit and in truth. But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The Apostle Paul explained that we worship by the Spirit of God. In Philippians chapter 3, verse 3, For we are the circumcision... 
which worship God in spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. Meaning that the true worship comes only from those who have been saved by the faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and have the Holy Spirit within their hearts. Worshiping in spirit also refers to having the proper heart attitude, not simply adhering to rites and rituals. So to worship in truth means to worship according to what God has revealed about himself in Scripture. So in order for our worship to be biblical, it must abide within the doctrine of Christ. It can't be something that we just went and made up and decided we were going to do. Second John chapter 1, verse 9. Whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both the Father and the Son. Deuteronomy 12, verse 32. What thing soever I command you, observe to do it. Thou shalt not add thereto, nor diminish from it. Revelation chapter 22, verse 8, 18 through 19. For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book. If any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. And if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this... I lost my place. If any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. The true worship relies on the, on the instructions given in the Bible. And they can be offered with or without a book of confessions, rules of orders, or other man-made book of instructions or guidance. It's got to be from the Bible. Like I said, it can't be something that we just, you know, went and made up. The first century church engaged in several devotional acts in, worship, in their worship services. And from that is where we determine what makes a truly biblical worship service. We can see the communion supper was observed. Acts chapter 20, verse 7. And upon the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul preached unto them, ready to depart on the morrow, and continued his speech until midnight. And we can also see that prayers were offered up. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 15 through 16, what is it then? I will pray with the Spirit, and I will pray with the, understandings, with the understanding also. I will sing with the Spirit, and I will sing with the understanding also. Else when thou shalt bless the, with the Spirit, how shall he that occupieth the room of the unlearned say amen at thy giving of thanks, seeing he understandeth not what thou sayest? And then we can see songs were sung to the glory of God in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 19. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. And we also can see that a collection was taken. In 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 2. Upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store, as God hath pro- prospered him, that there be no gatherings when I come. And then we also see that scriptures were read in Colossians chapter 4, verse 16. And when this epistle is read among you, cause that it be read also in the church of the Laodiceans, and that ye likewise read the epistle from 
from Laodicea. And the word of God was proclaimed. We read this just a little bit ago, Acts chapter 20, verse 7. And upon the first day of the week, the when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul preached unto them, ready to depart on, on the morrow, and continued his speech until midnight. These examples were given so that we would know how to conduct a worship service. So that we could properly do it and do it the way that God wants us to do it. <clears throat> so go back and look at the communion supper. You know, as Zane said this morning, the communion supper, it, it commemorates Jesus' death until he returns. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 25 through 26. After the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in the blood, in my blood. This do ye as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come. And that's why we have the Lord's Supper. And then prayer should be directed only to God. Nehemiah chapter 4 verse 9. Nevertheless, we made our prayer unto our God and set a watch against them day and night because of them. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, After this manner, therefore, pray ye, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. It doesn't say that we should pray to any dead person, as in the practice of Catholicism. Uh, we're supposed to pray directly to God. We're supposed to direct our prayers to God. No one else and nothing else but God. We're not authorized to use devices such as rosary beads or, or uh, Buddhist prayer wheels in our worship. And most importantly, our prayers must be in harmony with the will of God. We see that in 1 John chapter 5, verse 14. And this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And in our worship, we should sing. The Apostle Paul commands us to speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord. Always give thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Colossians chapter 3 verse 16 says, The Lord of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Singing to the Lord and to one another conveys truth set in music. And part of our true or part of true biblical worship is giving an offering, as Paul instructed the Corinthian church. First Corinthians chapter sixteen, verse one through two. Now concerning the collection for the saints, as I have given order to the churches of Galatia, even so do ye. Upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store as God hath prospered him. Let there be no gatherings when I come. Our regular giving for the support of the Lord's work is a serious responsibility. It's something that we're all responsible for. The opportunity to give should be viewed as an exciting blessing, not as a burdensome manner for grumbling. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7. Every man, according as he prospereth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. 
Well, additionally, free, free will giving is the only explicitly biblical method of financing the church or the work of the church. The church is, an op, is not authorized to operate businesses, conduct bingo parties, hold a pay-at-the-door concerts, and things of that sort. The Church of Christ is not meant to be a commercial enterprise. Matthew chapter 21, verse 12 through 13. And Jesus went into the temple of God and cast out all them that sold and bought in the temple and overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves. And said unto them, It is written, My house shall be called the house of prayer, but ye have made it a den of thieves. The church isn't, the assembly isn't meant for those kinds of things. It's meant to worship the Lord. And finally, preaching and teaching are obviously major ingredients of true biblical worship. Our teaching must be the scripture, must be the scripture alone, the only or, yeah, the only main means of equipping believers for life and godliness. <coughs> Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 through 17. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. The godly preacher or teacher will teach only from the word and rely on the spirit of God to do his work in the minds and hearts of his listeners. As Paul reminded Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4, sorry, it's still there, chapter 4, verse 2, preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. So as we follow the pattern of true worship in scripture, we should worship God with great passion. We shouldn't give the impression to the world that worshiping God is boring, lifeless, or just something that we do, just, we just do, you know, that it's a ritual. It should be something that we're passionate about because it's a true blessing to have the privilege to worship God. It, it doesn't matter what you think worship should be like or how you think worship should be like or how it should be done. God has plainly laid it out for us and told us how he wants us to worship him and how a church service should be conducted. In any other way, just isn't acceptable. We've been redeemed from sin, therefore we should praise our creator as his children who are grateful for his many blessings. I mean, can you imagine if you're having a house built and you drew up all the plans yourself and you took it to a home builder and then month or two later, whenever it was done, you pull up, you see the landscaping isn't right. It's not how you drew it up. You go inside, the, the garage is right in the middle of the house. And then on the other side of the garage is your living room. There's a bathroom, but there's no door to it from the inside. You go upstairs and your kitchen is on one side of the house. It opens up into your bedroom and then the dining room, and there's two bathrooms on each side of the kitchen. You ask for a balcony, and there's a door there, but there's no balcony. The, build, the builder pulls up, so you go downstairs, and you talk, and you're like, dude, what did you do? Did you even look at my plans? He's like, well, don't you love it? Well, no, I don't love it. I don't even like it. Well, I thought you would love the kitchen being upstairs in your bedroom. 
You can just wake up, go fix you something to eat, go back to bed, or go sit at the, at the dining table. If you've got to go to the bathroom, to where you're, wherever you're at, you can, it's easy to get to. You've got a bathroom on both sides. You've got a bathroom outside, so when you're mowing the yard and you've got to go to the restroom, you just go through that door. And that, don't you like that? No, I don't like that. It doesn't make sense. Where's the balcony at? Oh, I put a pole. Did you open the door? There's a pole out there. That way, if there's a fire, all you got to do is slide down that pole. It's like a fire station. You got your own little, you know, fire station pole to slide down. That's not what I asked for. I asked for a balcony. Well, don't you like the garage? Isn't it awesome? It's like a drive-in theater. All you got to do is drive in, turn the TV on, and you're set. You can watch TV. That's not what I asked for. But it's cool, isn't it? I I had you in mind when I did that. All these conveniences, that's great, isn't it? No. Here, you take the keys to it. It's your house now. You're not getting paid for this job. You're not getting anything from this job that you did because you didn't do it the way I did it. Will you imagine God kind of being the same way? I know he's a loving and caring and forgiving God. But if he's plainly set out how we're supposed to run a service... And how we're supposed to worship him along with other things that he set out that we're supposed to do in a specific way. Do you think that we're going to get our riches in heaven if we don't do it the right way? I don't think we are. I just don't. Because that's not what he had planned. We're supposed to run a service the way that he has it, the examples that we have, not just out of convenience. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 28 through 29. Wherefore, wherefore, we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace, whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear, for our God is a consuming fire. I know, like I said at the beginning of this, it's not necessarily anything that we don't already know, but... Sometimes I think it's nice to have a refresher on things. I mean, we have, I know there are congregations that think that we're crazy, that think that we could get more people by doing other things. And, you know, maybe we, we could. I'm sure we could fill this place up. But what's it worth if we're not doing it the way God asked us to do it, the way that he plainly put it in there for us to do? You know, it's just not... It's not worth it. They want to put conveniences in. You know, what are we going to do? We get to heaven and God says, what did you do? You do, that's not how I asked you to do things. Well, yeah, but it was convenient for us, Lord. I don't see anywhere in the Bible where it says, after all, he, everything he tells us, I, I don't see anywhere where it says, you know, but most of all, most importantly, Do things out of convenience for yourself. It's not what it says. You won't find it anywhere. It says we're supposed to do it for him and how he has it set out for us. Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. If you have questions about what you have heard or would like to know more information, please contact us by emailing cfcwheelerarea at gmail.com or look us up on Facebook or Instagram and send us a message there.